0: Today's episode is brought to you by Slater's 50-50 and Tua T Fitness.
1: Everything Sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer?
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Everything Sequel podcast. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. I'm sitting in the hot box, of course, in Pacific Beach, San Diego. Uh, with me, as always, my co host, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. He's in Chula Vista in the tent. Tom, say hello.
1: Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> if you want to talk like Michael Caine, you have to speak in short, choppy sentences. <laughs> That's right. <fine. laughs> Today we're talking about the 1987 Jaws Jaws the Revenge Jaws for the, the the revenge I guess technically. I believe it was
1: just George I believe it was just Jaws the Revenge I guess technically
0: it's just Jaws the Revenge directed yeah. by Joseph Shark uh, Sergeant <laughs> so, Joseph Sha- Shark is fa- yeah, fabulous yeah, Exactly Again they were just like well his name sounds like Shark Yeah, so if, if, if you get speak fast enough and mess up Sergeant sounds like Sharkgent uh, again, we're dealing with a uh, movie that killed the franchise, Jaws Four, yeah. uh, put an end to all Jaws movies. It's a twenty-three million dollar budget, uh, seven point one no million on its first weekend. Yeah, uh, only garnered twenty in the USA, um, mm. and then they said no thank you. Famously, Michael Caine could not go get his Oscar <laughs> oh. for Hannah and the, sister- <laughs> and the sisters. Is it Hannah and the Hannah and her sisters. Her sisters, yeah. Thank you. Hannah and her sisters. Um, he is quoted as saying, I have never seen it, but by all accounts it is terrible. However, I have seen the house that it built and it is terrific. <laughs> That's wonderful. Pretty much some. up the movie. You're only supposed to blow the bloody shark up. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, man. One of my favorite things is they actually asked Roy Scheider to be in this movie. His quote is, Satan himself could not get me to do Jaws 4.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I mean,
1: this was... Uh, we might as well talk about the the, the reputation of this movie. I, I, I was when i when i was doing research online for for these
0: movies yeah, strangely uh, this is your second favorite movie in the series oh, yeah yeah we'll that, get to that we'll that requires to that. explanation
1: this um you know the plethora of of information that i found about this movie was just how when it came out in 1987 it was just a national joke yeah for for the entire summer you know i found videos of but not its uh, tagline Late night talk show comedians who were sort of using it as uh, using the movie as a punchline. There's an extended clip on YouTube of Siskel and Ebert. Basically, you know they're doing they're doing a, a comic routine about this movie. It's not a it's not a uh, piece of film criticism.
0: Yeah, they're like it they're a, they're up in you know it's like uh, from the Muppets. They got it a, is yes, like sattler they, and Waldorf from a, the Muppets. Total yeah.
1: Oh, it's it's so obvious. So this was this movie, uh, upon release, was synonymous with uh, with with bad movie making, and specifically the kind of sequel that um, that uh, is impossible to defend.
0: Well, and, uh, that defended you must because. <laughs> I'm in agreement with all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: had no idea. I had no idea. Like I said, I, I, I uh, in a previous episode, I saw this on a sleepover, and um, uh, as a kid, I was perfectly happy with it. Uh, I see some <laughs> of the issues with it now, um, but... Uh, I'm glad uh, you can know. admit it. It's the first po- step. It's I the first pos-
0: step, Tom.
1: I can be positive about some aspects of it.
0: I'd like to know what. There's literally only one shot in this whole movie where I think, that was cool, (laughs) and it's a single shot. Everything else to me is just... I mean, but also, I should be fair, like, it's a deliciously bad movie. It's an absurdly deliciously bad movie. It's not like, it's not fun to watch. It's still fun to watch because it's just so bad.
1: Do you know how bad this movie is? Even the the even the blurb on my DVR recording of this movie from TV is a stern critique of the lack of anthropological realism. within.
0: <laughs> What's it say? I, I don't
1: have that. I couldn't find the direct quote now, but it says it basically starts by saying, "Ignoring the behavior of the rest of his species, a great white <laughs> shark travels to the Bahamas in
0: search of revenge." I'm like, "Ooh, get you!" Well, I think one of my favorite things of this about this movie is um, everything that was either cut or not shot because it was intended to be a much different movie. Um, essentially, they they wanted to do two things. Uh, Michael Caine plays the character of Hoagie, who uh, you know flies the airplane uh, apparently from I don't know where from to get to the Bahamas. <laughs> um, He's picking up the Brody family. I I don't you know from Florida, is that or I I don't know from does he run all the way up to Amity? It's Amity, hard to say. I
1: mean, yeah, but that, that seems to be it. Yeah.
0: But the two things that about this movie that are not present, but that you see signs of, are one, Hoagie runs drugs for a drug dealer, and two, um, somehow Michael Brody. Um, upset a voodoo priestess in the Mm -hmm. Bahamas and there is the the whole storyline is this is supposed to be a voodoo shark the shark is coming after him because a voodoo curse has been put on him which you do not see overtly in the movie but when you come in knowing that knowledge you'll see those things in there
1: yeah um it's it's well, I mean, those two things are, um, are fascinating. I, I understand. Uh, I understand editing out the fact that Michael Caine's a drug dealer because you know he, he needs to be sympathetic. I get that part. But, drug runner.
0: Uh, drug runner. <laughs> the guy's yeah. just trying oh. to earn a dollar. Okay. <laughs> but um, but yes, I think the voodoo. He's got a voodoo, gambling habit. He's got to feed. Well,
1: I don't know. I mean, and the, I, I'm kind of conflicted on the voodoo storyline because, in one sense, yes, it would account for a lot of the nonsense, right? Um, regards to the shark's behavior in this movie, and the other side, the other side, I see how this movie handles um, race already. Yeah. Do we want voodoo on top of that?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think so. we need to add it. <laughs> yeah, it's a frightening thought, isn't it? it so it again, really it's is. a sort of reoccurring theme of of you know movies we're watching that took place or were made in the 80s and you see um you know this sort of inherent racism just stricken throughout the movies and it's you know makes them hard to watch at times
1: yeah and you know we get we get a similar thing uh to to what we had in jaws 3d where you know you have a you have a leading um well, you have, have an African-American actor playing a, uh, a native um, character, um, but you know, it's, you have to refer to their race at some point. Yeah. Like, a, the, he says something about white meat at one point. And mm-hmm. it's like, just, we don't need to talk about this. We know we're in the Bahamas. Um, you know, uh, it's, 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 just, it's, a, it's a real
0: shame. Even with the hair, you know? Uh, the, well, is this, the character is this, is of Mario the... Van Peebles, uh, Jake, you know, and he's got his dreadlocks and he puts them up like alien antennae because uh, the little girl, I think, got an alien for Christmas or something like that. I, I can't remember. This is the uh, we had the first screen appearance of Napoleon
1: Dynamite in yours too. This is the first screen appearance of uh, Hermes from Futurama. There you go.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: With, uh, I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, I think. um that's interesting because superman 4 was also cut to pieces um and suffered a similar fate um but yeah so it would be interesting to speculate what putting that material back in would do on the other hand i would be very very worried about uh about seeing any of it on screen
0: yeah yeah exactly (laughs) Well, let's jump in and try to, uh, you know, piece this movie together if we can. We start off in Amity. Yeah. Um, We are seeing... Not SeaWorld. Nope. We are not in SeaWorld. (laughs) Uh, Michael Brody is living in the Bahamas. He has gone from some sort of technical engineer to a biological engineer. Not an engineer, even just studying bioscience. Maybe Um, we
1: need to talk about this now, but uh, I want to get your uh, opinion on this. Do we think Jaws three exists in the timeline? I don't think it does. You see, I'm I'm conflicted because I think you can argue it either way. I mean, Mike Brody has the same he's obviously he's with a different woman, but he has a similar job and a Not similar Not really job. though. He was
0: a technical guy in three D. Right. I think I heard, I had read at some point that the, that Jaws 3D was um, in the end considered not canon, which is to me ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I do absolutely. think that the characters and the story is close enough. You know, Michael could have readjusted what he was doing. Um, right. He is working on his PhD. So, uh-huh. you know, yeah. I, 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 I do think that it should count as canon, even regardless of whether or not they intended that. I, I think you're right about that. Yeah, it's, I I, I, I think it's strange that Sean Brody ends up going home and becomes, you know, yeah. a deputy sheriff and is working out on the water yes, um, yes. and meets you quite got... the grisly death to start this movie.
1: It's it, it really. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I actually, you know, I'm going to say I think that is one of the that is one of my favorite moments in the entire film. And yeah, and kudos to this movie for killing off a major legacy character in the first few minutes in quite a brutal fashion. Very brutal. Um, It's, it's, you know, I think, I think that, that does show a kind of guts and balls that uh, you need to have if you're going to be a sequel. Yeah. You know, it's like you can't have this reverence for these, for these uh, legacy characters in this, in the Sims way. And and, everybody should
0: be fair game.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that that sense I think that drives the rest of the movie. If we, we for no other reason,
0: if for no other reason than just to hear Sean's um, niece say, "Uncle Sean's dead," you know. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the the big having having had this uh, this
1: cataclysmic moment in the franchise, everybody very quickly gets over
0: this death so quickly
1: by the, by the new this is this is before christmas and by new year they are out partying they're going on double dates right. in the bahamas
0: well he dies a couple days a day before christmas or a couple something of days something like it's it's he so dies tight. like a couple days before christmas they're back in the bahamas for christmas yeah. <laughs> yes and then by new years he's pretty much forgotten
1: i mean i think i think uh, going back to the sort of uh, canon issue I do wonder whether, you know, recasting both Mike and Sean with actors who look closer to grown up versions of the actors from Jaws 2, right, um, whether that is, is a, a bold statement of let's treat Jaws 3D like it was a dream um, kind of thing. They should have just had them waking up and it's like, oh, you know, told, just the. Bob Newhart, you know, I dreamt I was, a, <laughs> yeah. I was working at SeaWorld and then a shark tried to get revenge for me for me killing it. It's just like, go back to sleep, honey.
0: Yeah, you could do a Saint Elsewhere. It all just takes place in a snow globe. <laughs>
1: uh, that would have been a healthier way to deal with that. But,
0: um, but I, you know, uh, yeah, I like I, seeing I... the last Starfighter as, Mark, as, as Mike Brody, so, you know, I'm fully on board.
1: Yeah, and he's a more convincing Mike if you take the original... Uh, two films than, uh, than Dennis Quaid but of course Dennis Quaid as we have established looked nothing like Mike Brody would ever look um, but that's that's fine um, <laughs> uh, but it's well, a little bit what do you think about
0: of... bringing Lorraine Gary back uh, as Ellen Brody and focusing this whole movie on her story <sighs> listen does that work people, for you
1: plenty of people have bashed her performance in this movie and I don't, I don't want to add to that uh, negativity let the fact it, it it's it's un it's indisputable that lorraine Gary rocks the first two movies she is awesome in those first two movies i agree but she it was a it was a bad choice for her to she can't carry this movie on her own and that's what the movie asked her to do right uh i will draw like i don't want to rip apart her performance because i think large parts of it are fine i just don't think it's a very compelling star performance but she has some bad crying in this movie she does oh it is awful and uh, I believe she is the spouse of the uh, head of AMC who, yeah, who were yeah. making the movie at the time
0: so yeah. this was this was nepotism clearly yeah um, for all the movies actually I mean yeah,
1: yeah. right um, yeah and and she, obviously you know she, she you don't want to see jaws one or two without her. But I don't want this movie to be focusing on her, and it, it really is. Yeah, so completely
0: um, and totally. Let me ask you. But this. I don't want to lay that.
1: I don't want to lay that fault uh, for Lorraine Gary. Because, no, uh, she's I, I think I, you know it's a
0: movies. yeoman's effort. She really does give it her best. But like you said, there are things that that fall flat, and there are things that do work. Um, yeah. One thing I was struck by, you know, she's told Mike, uh, her son, several times. He, she doesn't want him in the water at all. Don't you ever go in yeah. the ocean. We're all yep. going to stay safe. And then they go down to the Bahamas and all of a sudden you start seeing her swimming in the ocean. Did you find yourself in that moment saying, this better be a dream sequence or I'm going to dick punch this chick?
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> right,
0: yeah. You're just I so mean, offended it, she's in the water, you know?
1: And this is, you know, we're at that point in the franchise where... Uh, you know, I you should say,
0: that- by the way, I do not condone dick punching of any woman <laughs> at any time. Um,
1: it's. it's uh, So we've got to that point in the franchise where we've seen everything vis a vis a shark attack. Yeah. So dream sequences is where we kind of have to go uh, in order for to see these people. And, you know, unless you want to do another. You want to kill off another major character.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, if you want to see that shark attack. Yeah, uh, either has to be somewhat. It has to be like you know the Jaws equivalent of a red shirt, or you do it in a to a big character in a dream sequence. So <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Shirt. But interest- interestingly, that's the clip that Siskel and Ebert showed in their review to kind of st- you know as uh, to to riff to riff off you know uh, for their little comedy routine. Right. So it is it is like a lot. What a lot of people. Oh, but I think you know there are far worse crimes. Um, than this. This is sort of like, well, yeah, I mean, if you're going to have another shark attack, a dream sequence is probably the best way to do it. Um, There you go. uh,
0: All right. Well, we're just getting started on Jaws the Revenge, and when we come back, we'll finish up right after this. And don't forget, listeners, at the end, we're going to be pitching a sequel. All right, stay tuned. Look... People, we're living in strange times. We know that, don't we? Of course we do. People don't even know what to do with themselves. We're getting stir-crazy. Well, get outside and get yourself some great food, I say. You need to go to Slater's 50-50 and Point Loma's Liberty Station. It's time to treat yourself to booze, to beer, to burgers, and more. They have their full menu, people. Their full menu, I say. How many restaurants do you know that are doing that? Most places are doing a quarter of their menu, probably. Some might be doing a half. Maybe a few have got three quarters of a menu. But Slater's 50-50 has their full menu, including their signature 50-50 patty. It's half ground beef. It's half ground bacon. It's 100% delicious. What more could you possibly ask? Worried about social distancing? Well, it is in place, people. Tables are separated and the staff will always be seen wearing masks. You're out of excuses. Get off your keister and come on down to Liberty Station's own Slater's 50-50. Indoor dining available. Outdoor dining available. Bring the family. Bring your dog. Come enjoy the normal again. Good day to you. I said good day. And we're back. We're talking about Jaws the Revenge today. Tom, you declared this as your second (laughs) favorite (laughs) movie in the series. You say, and yet you say it's a bad movie. So, well, I guess I was going to ask you how this is possible, (laughs) but hearing what you had to say about Jaws 2 I get what you're saying about Jaws 2 and its problems, but they're really not as big as the problems of Jaws 4.
1: <laughs> no, um... It, it depends on your perspective. I mean...
0: How about the perspective of reality? <laughs> perspective <to> of <a>
1: reality. <laughs> the plot of this movie... Now, there's a scene very early on where, after the death of Sean, uh, Lorraine Gary's Alan Brody... Um, she's she goes on a kind of rampage of paranoid ramblings uh which seem to be the you know just the kind of product of trauma about how the shark is out to get her family and it claimed another victim and you're like okay so that's her rambling in her traumatized state no that's the plot of the movie that all turns out to be true correct um And you know, uh, did a little bit of research on this, like how could this possibly come about? We've already said that the previous two movies do kinda of set us up for this. It shouldn't if you watch them in succession, it shouldn't be a big surprise that this is where they went. But the director Joseph Sargent pitched this to the studio on a whim of uh, this'll never get packed. Yeah, you know, this right. will never get yes. There's a wonderful interview with him on YouTube uh, where not only does he forget the facts of the movie while well, he's recounting the plot. Um, <laughs> he, he really he apparently thinks that Roy Scheider did die in a shark attack. Um, he's uh, he then goes on to say that, you know, they 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 threw this upstairs in the studio and they were like, great, go ahead and make it. Yeah. <laughs> see, see you. See you. All month, right. Or whatever. However Off long you time. go. Um, so, and you know, I, I, I can see that, but, but well, the there's premise, also seems to be a
0: reverse it, thing going on. Cause he's also implementing this idea of like lady Brody, uh, can just touch seawater hmm. and sense that the shark is close as well. Yes. They're very I mean, connected.
1: You, you, you have to Psychically invest I in. Mean. <laughs> yeah. You, that's it. I mean, um, you have to invest in the idea that the, 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 the revelation in this movie, although it's never said in dialogue. Is that uh, the Brody family are a family of spiritualists, <laughs> and they are psychically connected to each other and the water and sharks, um, and this allows Ellen Brody to uh, recall firsthand things that have not happened to her and that she could not possibly I've have seen. seen. Yeah, I um, love that
0: they include that in this movie.
1: So the only thing this movie yeah, is missing
0: is her speaking in tongues, based on what you just said.
1: Right. So obviously, you know, obviously this is uh, problematic. Um, we're ignoring reality. There was a scientific consultant on the film. I don't know. I, did they just ignore everything? That Must, have uh, Must have been drunk. Must have been drunk every day. Yeah. Not doing their job. Um, so, uh, you know, I I kind of what I do is sort of separate. I try and forget that as much as possible, as indeed the movie does. <laughs> it tries to forget the fact that this movie is based on a scientific impossibility. So your
0: liking adequate. it is based on your forgetting what the movie is forgetting. Fantastic. Yes.
1: Um, and just enjoying, you know, I think that the the there's the, some great underwater um, photography. There work. is,
0: I said, there's one <laughs> shot in this whole movie that I love, and it's when the shark tries to get Michael Brody. When he is uh, in the submarine, and of course we know that these sharks hate transportation, so it eats the submarine, and he swims into a sunken ship, which somehow this shark is miraculously just going up ladders and turning tight corners, and it's a 25-foot, 30-foot shark, but it has no problems. But there is one great shot in that sequence when Michael looks up, and you can kind of see... from the bottom of the boat, uh, you know, a, a kind of portal out of the boat and you see a shark swim over it. And that shot looks fucking great.
1: Yeah. And so I think... I Never think mind you... that
0: right after it, the shark eats the barge that they're on and the barge seems to be bleeding because there's blood in the water.
1: There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of New Age nonsense. Explain that to me, if you will. A lot of New Age nonsense that that contaminates a lot of this movie... I think when they decide that they they're gonna use an electromagnetic <laughs> device, I mean, you know, is these it's snake oil, you know, level of of scientific research going on? Here. But it's covered um, by
0: Mario Van people saying, you know, my shit always works.
1: That's right, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I I think you know nobody is asking. Everyone's reaction is. Wait, Mike, you, you didn't tell us there was a shark? No, wait, Mike, there's a great white shark in the Bahamas?
0: Yeah, I was I was Where... very much struck by how <laughs> terrible Mike Brody's marriage is going to be by the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, uh, I think I, I, once Michael Kane joins the movie, uh, we get a little bit of a, a lift. Um, he's... You know, he, he's aware of how ridiculous this movie is and starts to have fun with it. That great, oh, shit moment. Yeah. You know, he tells a story about taking a hundred nuns to Nai- Nairobi. And, you know, it's so that's a uh, that that helps. That helps us forget the the principle that this. Film well, and is it also upon. kind of by the I...
0: end, it really takes on like full action movie mode. Like Lady Brody yeah. is like, I'm going to take care of some fucking business I'm going out on she this ship, on, boat. on this boat, she and I am going to kill boat. that shark. Come she what may, that shark is going down. But, you know, then the shark comes yeah. and attacks, and she's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, the idea... She came out there without a single plan, but then she develops really, a new plan did. based on what happens. Oh. That's right. And, you
1: know, the, the, the film... I don't know. Jaws 2... Uh, decided to stay in Amity and basically, you know, regurgitate the first movie, and we look like we're going to do the same thing here. And then we have a major U-turn where Sean is killed by a, uh, by the great white shark. Um, right after saying he know, should
0: put out, we got to put out cookies and a beer for Santa. Like that's, that's right. the most common um, thing. And you know, in some thirty-year-old man putting out cookies and a beer for Santa
1: exactly in some versions of this timeline that shark is related to the shark from jaws 3d but oh uh, it
0: seems to me they're all related to each
1: other're
0: <laughs> all right absolutely yeah. <laughs>
1: um so I, I, I so those are those are some strengths of the movie I have a lot of affection with it because of how long it's been with me throughout my life uh, but there is a lot that's that's impossible to defend about this movie I think. Um, Only two
0: deaths in this movie. Right. You got Sean yeah, and you got Banana Boat. Well, <laughs> Jake, uh, There's, no, despite what the movie tells yes. us, Jake dies yeah, in this that's movie. that's true. In there the was, original version, know, he died.
1: Maybe he's a voodoo zombie. I don't know, but who? Co- the person that comes back from that water is not Jake. <laughs> I don't know if Jake has a twin <laughs> the brother. The spirit of Jake. But that man got killed. That the man
0: spirit died. of Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> That but I died. believe in the original uh, theatrical release, he died. And then there were, like, yes. competing versions. There was, like, a European version. There was an AMC version. And the AMC version, yeah. I think, is the one that's won out since. Um, it must have been. Where they put in a yeah. bunch of shots from the original Jaws movies. You could see the rope as as the uh, the ropes that were tied to the barrels. You could see those as the sharks falling to the shore because it's the exact same. It's the shot from Jaws. Yeah. Um, you know, right. as as Michael is, I guess, hurting the shark's brain with electric sharks and making it jump out of the water so that his mom can impale mm. it with a boat. Which yeah. oddly makes the shark it's... explode.
1: I think, I I mean, the the most disappointing aspects of the movie for me, uh, and even Jaws 2 didn't sink this low, was to have reused footage from the first movie in monochrome, as if this movie was yeah, it you know, was from the night. Was from the to make it artsy. It was from to make it artsy. Fuck. It was
0: 1975. And they even managed to do it from a scene earlier in their own movie with Sean's death, <laughs> yes. which she wasn't present for, and yet she's remembering it as though it, you know, was it happened right in front of her.
1: And these seem like, you know, these, these seem, uh, when when movies when there's enough movies in a franchise, they start to have this kind of nostalgia urge to sort of show scenes from the previous movie. And it's a, it's a real sort of bait and switch. Yeah. Act. Uh, especially in this movie, you have both a reenactment of the scene in which, uh, Roy Scheider does mime with his son. Right. Uh, but it was the other son. The it was, it was, it was, the different was Sean. And then, you, well, it was a da- daughter. Yeah. With his Dirty reenacts, Mike reenacts it with his daughter. And we also see that scene again, at Sean's funeral, like the actual yeah. scene, so this movie is very confused about, um, uh, like whether it wants to be. I mean, I, I I want it to go full guns blazing. Oh, it does. Full guns blazing <laughs> with with the fact that this we're basically in the realms of science fiction now. Correct. Uh, but it doesn't do that. It tries to pull back from that and uh, and that muddies the waters a little bit and i think that's what makes it a, a bad movie if it had if it had sort of pushed the mystical elements to the point of no return i think i would have enjoyed it slightly more but what we get is that this movie is trying to um uh, it it is try, it's trying to have its cake and eat it with regards to recreating the original and then doing something completely bizarre and new And I think Jaws 3D gets that balance much better.
0: Agreed, yeah. Let's face it, this movie is a piece of shit, but it's a piece of shit worth loving. Uh, You can love it just based on its being a piece of shit. That is Jaws 4, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Tell us what you think. We're going to take another quick break, and then we'll be right back, and we're going to pitch a sequel right after this. Go ahead and check out 2 T Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not going to meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. And we're back. All right. This is the pitch a sequel segment. In this segment, Tom and I will both pitch one last sequel for this franchise. Tom jaws five where you going buddy um it's
1: actually jaw five because okay. i turned the s into a five i The nice. Sevenen, seven uh num three years and also my previous picture sequel five Operman.
0: five Operman.
1: um and uh this movie is told in the storytelling style established by francis ford coppola uh, of um in the Godfather part 2 it's a split of course it is it's it's split <laughs> historical focus so it continues on the story of uh the brodies um from 1987 onwards um when uh and it also flashes back periodically to the early 1930s where we see um uh, Robert Shaw's what's his name? Quint. <laughs> Ross Robert, Robert Shaw's names, name. Quint. Quint. All right, sorry. Uh, Quint as a young man. Uh, That's
0: interesting.
1: And uh, the premise behind this
0: movie is, um, like, are we going to see the Indianapolis story or well, other just other things from Quint? Here we Quint. go. Here we All go. Right.
1: Because um, the Brody family. Return from the Bahamas to Amity, because Amity has been bought by a uh, a developer who wants to turn it into a theme park. Uh, who wants to turn Amity into a, a based co- on their horror coastal coastal uh, sea based reaction uh, attraction, and um, part of uh, building this um, this this new theme park involves um, restructuring the beaches of Amity. And um, Ellen Brody is as front frontline protesting this, talking about the legacy of uh, uh, Sheriff Brody, son dying, tribute to that, all that nonsense. Um, but it's just, once it's excavated, this is when we go into the flashback because we find an underground laboratory in which <laughs> um, there are still... Uh, genetically engineered sharks being built and we go back to the 1930s and reveal that the sharks throughout the Jaws franchise are in fact genetically engineered sharks who were devised as a uh, a wartime project to fight the Nazis and (laughs) like like the Manhattan the the Manhattan project is great you
0: really do want sequels to get more and more ridiculous don't you
1: and Quint, um, Quint, uh, discovered this in the 30s. And, uh, he was, um, and so we reveal how he discovered this underground laboratory while he was, uh, out, I don't know, like, fishing for shells or something. Um, and he, he discovered it. And, um, uh, you know, they said, well, we got to use these sharks to fight the, fight the Nazis. And he's like, no, the sharks are going to escape and we'll get out of control. And, um, so... Uh, we see We see how Quint was involved in the, um, in the cover up of these, of these Nazi sharks, um, sworn to secrecy, never to reveal it, even to his death on the Orca in 1975 <laughs> whereas at the same time the Brodies are discovering the same things and um, uh, a new, basically a new generation of sharks who are being cultivated in these underground laboratories are being released. Into the water again. So we get more sharks than ever before. We get the Brodies. We get young Quint. Um, Basically, it's everything you've ever not wanted in a Jaws movie.
0: Um, (laughs) But in the same movie. Yeah, I mean... um, You you know, you might be missing out on a title, Nazi Sharks. With this this sequel. Uh, But obviously... You need people to know that this is in the jaws universe. Well, I don't want to
1: My... I don't want to blow that plot twist, you know. It's this is not EG Marshall as the president. I don't want to blow That's that. That's true. That's true. It's going to be a big it's going to be a turning point in the movie when you realize these are nazi fighting
0: genetically engineered sharks
1: that have been with us the whole time. <laughs> well,
0: uh, as what I'm starting to gather might be a theme. <laughs> I didn't go quite so big, Tom. Yes. Um, my, my story, my pitch a sequel is uh, also going back to Amity, and Michael's back home. He's back in his family home. He is divorced based on what happened in Jaws 4. Um, and his mom's gone, so he's on his own. He is uh, uh, still, he's got his PhD. He does still work on the water. And shark attacks start happening. And what happens is Um, maybe you'll see Hooper again, maybe you won't, but at the very least, you're going to see, um, a conservationist, um, kind of going back to the theme from Jaws 3D -hmm. and the big juxtaposition, like the big thing about this movie is this argument about should this shark be destroyed? Should this shark not be destroyed? Because I think if you were going to do it, like I would set this now in 2020, um, and the idea of whether or not that shark should be destroyed, I think, would be the legitimate argument going on in um, the town. Mike's still um, but, working
1: on his Ph.D.?
0: No, no, no. He has, oh, he has his he Ph.D. he has his Ph.D. <laughs> he's, but he's still, you know, he's still um, working on the sea. He still studies things Got in it. the ocean, mm-hmm. possibly even great whites. I like the idea uh, myself. Of If great whites come there every summer, he's tagging them. He's, you know, he's he's trying to find out information about him. He's trying to make it as safe as possible for sharks and people to coexist. Um, And then somebody close to him dies. And now he has to make this decision of what he thinks should happen. Mm. Uh, Does he want to destroy the shark or should the shark live? And that's my Pitch a Sequel.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So we've got a very, a very quiet... Uh, straightforward. Straightforward. And then we've got um, uh, a, <laughs> a sequel spanning <laughs> like 50 years. Yeah. It involves uh, genetically engineered uh, Nazi fighting sharks. Okay. Well. So you
0: tell us, dear listeners, where, do your, where does your love lie? Let us know. You can vote on our sequels. Tell us your Pitch a Sequel idea. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on the Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Let us know. That's it for uh, Jaws the Revenge. Here in the hot box, my name's Mike Shantz of the How Dare You Awards. Tom Stewart is from Lonesome Whistle Productions. Tom, say goodbye to the good people. A flying DeLorean? <laughs> Stay tuned for that next time. We're heading about back to the future. We'll see ya. Be good.